Hi, and welcome to STEM Stories from the Swamp. I'm Dr. LaMonica, and today's episode is going to be about a compound called sulforaphane, which can be found in cruciferous vegetables and has been shown to induce apoptosis in cancer cells. So listen to find out some more information. Enjoy. All right, everyone, I'm Eson. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about sulforaphane. Uh, Chris, I hear this is a pretty popular topic today in like nutrition and health. And is there anything you want to add to it? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, some of the research coming out now, um, especially uh, when it comes to cancer and other diseases that are linked to inflammation. Um, so starting off, uh, sulforaphane is a isothiocyanate compound that's found in pretty much all cruciferous vegetables. So anything like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, even cauliflower. Um, but it's actually found uh, in the highest amounts in sprouted broccoli. So basically when you take the seeds, add water to it and grow the broccoli into sprouts, it increases the amount of sulforaphane by up to a hundredfold. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty fascinating compound that's being researched right now. Obviously, it's really exciting uh, that it comes from such a natural source being cruciferous vegetables. Like this is something that pretty much everybody can incorporate into their diet or supplement with. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because it's been there's a lot of research focusing on some different types of cancers and how it's thought to um, inhibit uh, some of those disorders, uh, especially looking at breast cancer and prostate cancer. There's actually a couple studies out right now that show that it increases apoptosis, which is controlled cell death in some of those mutated cells, um, which is actually really, really beneficial to someone suffering from that disorder, right? Because like, like what we talked about all semester like as soon as those cells get mutated and start to migrate can start to cause some serious problems so looking at a compound like this it could definitely be something used in treatment or what i think is more likely is something that can be used or recommended as a preventative measure against cancer right because you know this is something that's gained a lot of popularity and people always are looking for ways that they can decrease their risk of developing these cancers that they might either be predisposed to or just worried about developing at all. Yeah. Um, I got a quick question. Yeah. So, so is apoptosis the only way that it helps fight cancer? Like, is, is there any other like mechanism? We're actually, I say we, but the people researching this actually aren't entirely sure. Like there's quite a couple mechanisms they think uh, that it works through. So essentially it, um, when you ingest sulforaphane it activates the body's nrf2 pathway which um creates a really really potent anti-inflammatory response and pretty much anyone in the field is aware that there's some type of link between inflammation and cancer and even though we're not sure how much the two relate or the mechanisms behind that we know that like when for instance, the biomarkers of inflammation are higher. That's usually when we start seeing higher instances of cancer. So it, 
you know, just by lowering the overall levels of uh, systemic inflammation, it's definitely like plausible to think that that could have something to do with it as well. You mentioned how it can lower inflammation and with that, can, like that alone can help lower and like decrease the effects of like heart disease. And like you mentioned cancer and also type two diabetes. Do you believe this could be something where as with folic acid and spina bifida where it became added to like foods such as grains and stuff, do you believe uh, sulforaphane could be something that's added to foods to help prevent these future diseases? That's actually them. that. That's a great question. I I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, obviously, there needs to be more research. But just looking at what's there and the relationship and okay. how it does have these preventative uh, and active properties to yeah. combat the growth of these different disorders, okay. then yeah, I definitely think that this is something that. Uh, people should be incorporating into their diet. Like, you know, we've like, always heard, like, eat your vegetables, yeah, right? Yeah. And Because like you mentioned, you... it's mainly in, like, broccoli and, like, those kind of vegetables. And I feel like when they add folic acid to, like, grains, people naturally eat bagels, breads, those kind of things every day. Not everyone's going to eat broccoli every day, so they may not be access to that in their diet as much as grains and stuff. So if it was added to something where they could get it every day and, like, prevent these future diseases, reduce inflammation, I feel like that could overall health public so, health so going off of that is it if we're, if we're assuming that it is it preventative or is it more like a reactive i would imagine that i would envision it to be more as a preventative okay. um while it's shown that it definitely has some effects against the cancer cells already growing like while the research does support that it causes those uh cancer cells to undergo apoptosis I think it would be something that's seen as more of a preventative type thing okay. Um, or used in conjunction with some of the treatments that are already out there, like so chemo like, okay, and radiation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like going off of what ASAN said, I think um, definitely incorporating it into the diet somehow and getting this information out there once we do have the, the adequate research to support it, just based on what we have already, like it's shown to have so many positive effects. So I would imagine something like a powder or like a, if they can isolate it into a pill or just a supplement that people could take, Definitely. I think that that would be something that like could just benefit the general population and act as a preventative. And then obviously what we focused a lot in class is cutting down the cost of these treatments and what better way to cut down a cost of a treatment by someone not developing the disease in the first place, right? That's a great point. And yeah. a lot of different diseases too, because it's not just, it doesn't just inhibit cancer. Like it's yeah. also been... Heart disease. Heart, right, diabetes. because again, it's going back to that lowering yeah. systemic levels of inflammation. And which, like, as you mentioned, like a supplement, so if someone were to have a diet where they're taking a lot of high processed uh, calories and stuff like that, and developing like diseases such as heart disease and type 2 diabetes, if they're taking the supplement to help reduce inflammation from those foods, it could definitely see some positive outcomes. Exactly, because like, I mean, you look at like the typical, the standard American diet today, it's we have a lot of trans fats and processed carbohydrates and sugar, and that all has an impact on levels of inflammation. And so I definitely think that adding in a compound like this uh, on top of just getting it from the natural source of like the broccoli, the broccoli sprouts, uh, 
And what you're also doing by getting it from that source is you're probably not eating as many processed carbs or fats if you're, you know, eating a healthy diet full of these things. So, but it's just, I definitely think that this compound needs to be researched more. Yeah. And like you said, I think it's going to be difficult to convince everybody to eat broccoli or broccoli sprouts or whatever. I, I think that looking to get this into some sort of a powder um, or a pill would probably be the best the best way to go. But yeah. it's definitely exciting research, and I'm excited to see where the field goes and see some more research on this. Final question. Does it encompass all cancers, or is it more breast and prostate specific? Uh, the research that they have now is mainly focused on breast, prostate, and I believe cervical cancer as well, and possibly, and I think bladder as well. Okay. But yeah, as, as far as I know, like, uh, the, the mechanisms of the different types of cancers vary so much. So I think it's, it's mainly, hard to find a one fits all. Exactly. But it's very, very effective based on the research we have now against those, uh, against breast and prostate cancer. So it seems pretty convincing. This could be a really great preventive method and help improve health as we see like a lot of processed diets or like you see like a lot of negative outcomes from those. Like, And it's really, I, I think it's really interesting too because it's a case of kind of the science catching up to conventional wisdom, right? Like yeah. everyone knowing eat vegetables because they're better for you than other stuff. Yeah. But you really can see in a case like this yeah. where that is a powerful yeah. anti-cancer compound mm-hmm. found naturally occurring in uh, those crucif- cruciferous vegetables. So, if not, just a powerful anti-inflammatory. Exactly. Just isolating it and, yeah, it definitely, I think you're going to see a lot more uses of this molecule moving forward. What do you think sparked the research of this? Like, what do you think uh, led to this becoming more popular than it was before, or more research now? Um, well, I think there's just a big trend with trying to like veer towards more natural approaches to treating and preventing cancer. Like people are much more, um, I would say, aware of what they're putting into their body and trying to like. There's been a huge push towards uh, using food as medicine and whatnot, yeah, like an definitely. exercise and trying to do things like the quote unquote natural way, even though not all of that stuff or a lot of it is proven. But this is the case where I think there definitely is some promising potential there. And it definitely, I would imagine it stemmed from people wanting to look for natural alternatives and saying, wow, like, I guess the people who eat broccoli or cruciferous vegetables develop cancer at a less frequent at a less frequent uh, rate. So let's see what's going on here. And then they found the molecule, and now they're just continuing to study and see how far they can go with it. Good point. Good point. That was a good conversation, boys. Again, I'm Michael. I'm Aeson. I'm Chris. And it was a nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to STEM Stories from the Swamp. I hope that you enjoyed that episode, and we'll see you again soon.